expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity And the wisdom rushing in So much clearer Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Welcome to the second episode in 2024. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're listening. Welcome to my photography podcast. So last week in the episode, I mentioned that this week's episode was going to be all about going full time in 2024. And you guys know I'm a woman of my word. So that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We are talking all about how you can go full-time in 2024, and I've made a literal 10-step plan, okay? So if you're someone that wants to go full-time, this episode is 100% for you. And also, if you maybe feel like you are full-time but need a little bit more of a plan, this is also for you. Honestly, this episode's kind of for anyone because I feel like no matter what, you're probably going to learn something in this episode. I literally learned something just from writing the outline. (laughs) Okay. So before we get into the episode, I wanted to give you guys a few updates. Um, Number one, my 2024 is going so good so far. It is the year of growth for me. Growth? Growth? I feel like I didn't say that right. Either way, I feel like this is the year where I'm really going to be stepping outside of my comfort zone, trying new things and exploring. Okay, this is my year of exploring. Number one, I mentioned in my goals in the last episode that I wanted to have some sort of like podcast event. And I want you guys to know, just from me straight to the Cassabees, I have a podcast party that I am planning. It's in the works. And it's going to be so fun. Okay. Very limited tickets. And it's going to be in April. That's all I have for you guys so far. But stay tuned. It's going to be so fun. And that's all I have to say. It's going to be fun. Okay. So if you are interested, it's going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where I'm based. So keep your little eyes and ears open on the podcast page, on my personal page. Just be ready. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. This morning, I have a little story to tell you guys. So I don't know if you guys ever feel this, but as a business owner, I feel like probably twice a year, I become my own personal IT tech department for my business. And that's what I was this morning. Okay, let me explain. Okay, so I have a custom email that is like, my, it's like, you know, at CassidyLimphoto.com, like my email. So it's like a custom domain email. Okay. And I (laughs) had an issue where I sent an email this morning and it bounced and I read the error code and the error code I got, like I Googled it and it said that like 
what did I say? Like my, that my like Gmail account wasn't verified or something. So I had to go down a million rabbit holes. I had to figure out where my custom email domain was hosted, blah, 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 blah. And I ended up figuring it out, figuring out that it wasn't actually an issue with my email. It was an issue with the person's email that I was emailing. And it was like for two emails within the same company, I was emailing two people and it bounced for both of them. But then I was able to send emails from like, like to my sister and it worked. So I went through literally probably an hour, hour and a half of just like scrambling, trying to figure out what was wrong with my email only to figure out it was not my email. So it's awesome. I feel like once a year, specifically with my email, I have an issue with like my domain or something like that. So anyway, that's what I went through this morning. Um, I also have some exciting interviews coming this week and guys, I just have to share this like full circle moment with you because I, when I started doing photography, I was working as a photographer in a marketing department and I really didn't know much like of shooting, of editing, like a litter of gear. I had no idea. So when I would get all of my work done, I would go and ask my boss if I could watch like YouTube videos just to like learn on the clock. And he was so chill about it. He was like, yes, absolutely. So I had to like get, you know, my people approved that I could watch like the videos that I wanted to watch. And one of the people that I watched day one, there were really two creators I would watch. Um, I, interviewed her this week and the episode's going to be live in the next couple of weeks but it honestly was such a surreal moment for me and it was crazy because at the end of the interview she told me that she like has been following me for a year which is insane because I still feel like I'm this like little small Michigan town photographer who I don't know I still feel like I'm 18 so it is just absolutely wild that she said that and that I got her on an interview so I guess the reason I'm saying this is just to encourage you guys to follow your dreams and chase after your goals because I would not have been able to talk with her, interview her if I hadn't, you know, started to pursue my podcast two years ago and like really built my platform. So anything's possible. Anyone can do it. I did it and look where we are. So that's what I want to say about that. I interviewed an icon basically. Well, every single person I interview is an icon, but in like my career, she really played a big part in my, uh, growth and my like whole journey. Anyway, um, my podcast Instagram is officially on the loose. She's popping and you should go follow her. And by her, it's literally me, but it's just more of a page to talk about the podcast. I post like podcast clips, podcast updates. That's where I'm going to be posting like my story submissions and stuff like that. So it's at Oh shoot podcast on Instagram. So go check that out. Um, and also don't forget guys that I do mentorships, but I also have very limited spots. So I only have two more spots for January and then I'm on to booking February. So if you guys want a mentorship, um, go check that out on my website. Mentorships are a really good opportunity just to like, I don't know, ask questions, pick my brain, get some input from like a third party outside perspective. Um, yeah, so go check that out. Last but not least, I am just here to make the announcement that I think I am travel toxic right now. (laughs) And um, what I mean by this is I really want to travel somewhere. And I know the reason I feel like this is because it's January. 
because it's cold and boring where I live right now. And I'm like, I want to book a trip. I want to go. And my problem is I feel this way now, but then I want to book the trip for like March, April. When I get to that point, I feel like I'm going to be busy again. And I'm going to be like, why did I book this trip? So I do really want to travel somewhere though. So um, a few of the places that I'm thinking, this is going to sound crazy, but Charlie really wants to go to Japan. I've obviously never been and I would be interested in going, but something about going that far across the world kind of terrifies me a little bit. So that's one of the options. There's also this place called Curacao, I think is how you pronounce it, but it's like in the Bahama area or what is that called? The Caribbean, just like below Miami, basically it's like an Island and I've never even been to the Caribbean period. So I'm like, this could be a cool place. I'm kind of feeling tropical because of how freaking cold it is in Michigan. Um, also thinking about Aruba, my friend is currently there. So she's influencing me. And another option is like somewhere in Europe again. I think I want to make it my goal in my career or just like in general in my life to hit like one cool place every year. Um, it would be ideal if it could be out of the country, but obviously sometimes that's just not possible that year. Um, but this year I definitely think it could be possible to go somewhere new out of the country. So that's kind of the vibe. Um, if you guys have thoughts, recommendations, anything, DM me on the podcast Instagram and let's chat about places you've been, places you think I should go, I should see. If you live somewhere that's exotic and fun or just like out of the country, basically, um, DM me and we could always meet up and do a shoot or you can model for me. So yeah, I'm just putting it out there if you're listening. Okay, DM me. Okay. Let's get into the episode today. So we've got 10 steps to how, wait, let me, let me go back. 10 steps for how to go full-time in 2024. Okay. And I want a disclaimer because, you know, what would my life be without disclaimers? <laughs> and I want to say that obviously this is not an exact template. It doesn't work the same for everyone. Um, but this is just kind of like an outline, something that I would love for you to follow and give a try and see how well it works for you. This is kind of the outline that I followed in my business. Um, I do want to say there's been a very common thing that I've heard in my interviews lately. And I just wanted to make note of it that basically everyone I talk to, when I ask how they get started, they say that after they booked their first wedding or first whatever it is, fashion shoot, they'll say that it basically snowballed from there. And that's genuinely what happened with me as well. Just like a snowball effect. So if you're listening to this and you're kind of in those beginning stages of photography, I want to let you know that like it really is a snowball. And the more that you do, the more effort you put in, it's, it's helping you grow, even though it doesn't feel like it right now, your snowball is really tiny right now. Maybe it's literally just a snowflake, but as you keep putting an effort, it really turns into a snowball and like, it really starts to grow much faster than you expect it to. Okay. So I just want to encourage you guys with that before we get started into my 10 steps without further ado, here we go. Step one, this is 
something that some of you already have, maybe you don't, but step one is to create a killer portfolio. And with this being said, I really want to see you guys like really emphasize your locations, your outfits. I really think it's so important to find your style, to continue to shoot, learn lenses, learn manual camera settings, learn lighting. Um, the more you shoot, the better you're going to get. I mean, even for me, like the more I shoot this year, I can guarantee I'm going to get better. Um, it's a consistent thing, getting better. Like I feel like I'm always learning, always getting better, no matter how long I've been doing photography. So just remember the more you shoot, the better you're going to get. A portfolio is absolutely key right now. Um, Paired with a good portfolio, though, is also the personality behind the business. So those are kind of two things that go hand in hand. But I really think in order to grow your business and to go full time, you have to have photos that represent what you want to be shooting. And this is kind of where people get stuck in a little bit of a circle. And it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because it's like, well, I want good photos and I want to book my ideal clients, but how do I get those photos if my ideal clients aren't booking me? Um, you know, it's like, you know, how everyone, when they search for a job, it's like, oh, they want experience, but how am I going to get experience if you don't give me the job? <laughs> um, so I feel like that same thing applies to kind of this situation. And it's really hard because it's like, no one's willing to give you the experience, but people want to see experience from you. So my recommendation for creating a killer portfolio is setting up shoots. This is the best thing you can do. Go out and seek out content. Um, you know, when you hear create a killer portfolio, usually people think like, oh, I'll just, you know, well, I can't do this because I don't have any paid shoots right now. And that's not true because when I was first starting, 50% of my work was unpaid work. It was me finding models, setting up shoots, um, learning posing, just literally repeating all of that in order to create my portfolio. So this time of year is the perfect time. You probably don't have a ton going on right now. So this is the best time to create your portfolio. You can do shoots indoors. You can do shoots kind of like in in a city. If you're if you live somewhere that's kind of colder and uglier, like where I live right now, for me, like the city is the best option because it doesn't require any nature. Um, but create a killer portfolio. Whatever it is that you want to be pursuing, whatever niche it is that you want to go into, that's what I want you to see making in your portfolio. Um, so like I said, focus on the models, focus on the outfits, the lighting, the location, the way you're shooting, um, the lenses you're using, the edit you're using, um, make sure it all encompasses your style. Ultimately, with that being said, you also don't need to have your style set in stone right now. I think as long as your work is consistent, that's what people are going to look for. They want to know what to expect from you. Um, and what you, what they can expect from you is what you're going to be showing them. So remember that what you show is what they expect. So whatever you show is their expectation, is their perception of your portfolio. So keep that in mind. If you're showing 
random photos of random flowers on your Instagram and you're not posting people, but you want to shoot people like there's your issue. So number one, create a killer portfolio. Another thing that you can do is seek out style shoots, seek out content days. Um, These are typically going to be hosted by like other photographers in your area. So I don't have like, I don't have recommendations of where you can find them because it's different for everyone. Everyone lives different places. Um, But if you can't find one, ask people to model. My biggest thing that helped me in my business was going to content days. I went to two and then I also reached out to some of my friends and had them put on their wedding attire and they modeled for like 30 minutes in the morning one day and I took photos of them and that was my first wedding I ever shot. And from there I booked my actual first wedding. So create the content that you want to see in your portfolio. Okay. It's not just going to be handed to you. You need to create it. Even if it means you bring props to your own shoots, you, um, you know, guide outfits. If you have paid shoots, you kind of guide the outfits a little bit. You guide the locations, you guide the, um, lighting to kind of be what you want in your portfolio. That's how you're going to do it. Okay. Step one, create a killer portfolio. Step two, set up your back end. Um, the back end is probably the most daunting part of creating a successful full-time photography business, but it is the most crucial part in seeing growth and long-term success. So, um, your back end really consists of your website. It consists of guides that you send to people, um, becoming legal, creating a business bank account, um, your contact form, things like that. Um, your backend is going to be what helps make your business function. It's like the, the bones of your business. Okay. Things that are absolutely necessary for you to have. And I usually recommend doing your backend before you start marketing yourself. Um, I mean, Yes and no. I think you can start marketing yourself right away. But if you're going to do a super hard, intense marketing strategy, you need to have your back end set up in the first place. You need to be prepared for if a video goes viral or, you know, people, five people want to book you at once. You need to be prepared for that. And you need to have, you know, a way for them to get in contact with you. You need to be asking the right questions. So, um, the backend is so important. It also takes the most time, but I mean, I remember sitting down and making my first website ever and it being really overwhelming. (laughs) But the thing that was helpful was one, I had a portfolio ish that I started making a few months before. So I started working on my portfolio first. Um, so I had photos to show. I was ready with my best photos to show. Um, and you kind of just go from there, but it was really terrifying making my first website. I made it on Squarespace and it was just the cutest little thing. And I actually went and looked at it today, which is wild. Um, and it was so bare bones, so boring, but it worked. I booked 20 weddings, my first, well, I guess technically my second year doing wedding photography through that website. So a couple of things for your back end. I'm going to list off just like what I would include in this step. Number one is creating a website. Um, you don't need anything super fancy. You don't need to pay thousands of dollars. Um, there, there's this mindset that when you first start a photography business, you really want like people want to do it right the first time. 
And I get that. I do. And that's a good way to approach it. Like that's a really good thing to want to, to do it right the first time. So you don't have to redo it. However, sometimes money wise, that's just not an option. And time wise, that's just like not an option. So when you're creating your website, I don't think it needs to be anything outrageous or fancy. It basically just needs to communicate your style and your photos, your pricing, a little bit of about you and how someone can get in contact with you. The bare bones and obviously like where you're based, they need to know like where they're booking you. Um, But besides that, like it doesn't have to be anything crazy right away. Um, My next step will kind of, we'll talk about how you can integrate the next step back into your website once you get kind of like a website made. Um, so the next thing is setting up your HoneyBook. I feel like I have said this a million times on my podcast, but HoneyBook is one of those things that I wish I had it set up right away, like in my business. It's the thing that helped my business propel from being a beginner kind of (laughs) basic business to like, oh, she's a professional. She is a communicator. Um, she's organized. So HoneyBook is that one thing that I was like, man, if I started using HoneyBook sooner, I probably would have been able to book a lot more and just be more organized. So setting up your HoneyBook is so important. Um, or just some client management software, um, in HoneyBook, the main thing that I was using it for when I first started was keeping all my dates organized, seeing when I was booked and not booked. Um, number two, emailing my clients and setting up, you know, email templates so I could easily just like send the same thing to everybody. Um, and phone calls is what I was using for as well. Like calendar, setting up my phone calls, stuff like that. When you are setting up a successful full-time photography business, you need a place like one place where everything is like all of your info is in this place. And for me, it's HoneyBook. When I, when someone replies to one of my emails, I get a notification in HoneyBook. When someone schedules something with me, I get a notification in HoneyBook. Like when I need to email a client, I go to HoneyBook. Like when I need to look at my calendar, I go to HoneyBook. Um, so that's something that has been huge and definitely something you need to do in your back end right away. Tying into that is your contact form. So in HoneyBook, they have custom contact forms and it's just a very easy way for you to collect info from people to find out more about them, where they found you, um, where they uh, uh, heard about you. That's literally the same thing. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? Like you can ask them tons of questions. You can ask them their budget. You can ask them um, their preferred session date. So that's going to be something you're going to make in HoneyBook and you want to make sure your HoneyBook contact form is on your website. And the reason is when someone is interested in working with you and fills out that form, it's going to go right into your system where everything is, where all you keep track of all of your dates, all of your sessions, all of that. So that is a key part in this whole backend thing is just getting that contact form on your website. So then everything funnels into HoneyBook right away. Um, another thing for your backend is creating pricing guides, welcome guides, location guides, etc. This ties into client experience where you just want to make sure your client is taken care of. But um, 
when I first started my business, I created a client workflow um, or just like a client experience workflow of the different steps that I want one of my clients to go through when they would work with me and all the contact points, all of the guides they were going to get from me, all the emails they were going to get from me, all the phone calls we're going to do. Um, and so you can kind of lay that out before you start being like, Hey, book me. So then when someone does book you, it's just a great experience right off the bat. Um, and part of that is creating guides. So having a guide where you tell people what your pricing is, maybe a guide where you tell them what outfits would be good to wear, um, stuff like that. That would be a great thing to set up on your back end. When it comes to like legal stuff, becoming a legal business, this is huge. Anytime you start making money from photography is when you should create a legal photography business. And I recommend just doing an LLC, make it simple. Along with that, you need to have a business bank account. And in order to create a business bank account, you need to have your IEN number, which is what you get once you file to become an LLC. So file the LLC first, then create a business bank account. That business bank account is where all of your money is going to flow in and out from your business. So you can see your income that you've made. You can see um, expenses that you have. If you use just like a business debit card, you can see the purchases you need to make. You can buy stuff for your business and then you write that off later. Um, so that's a great starting point for becoming full-time and just becoming a legal business in general. Um, that's huge. And that's all I'm going to say about the back end. So we've got step one which is creating a killer portfolio. And step two is the back end, creating your website, setting up HoneyBook, creating guides, having a business bank account, creating an LLC and making a contact form. Um, that's a lot in step two, but um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. That's what they say. <laughs> step three is branding. And I think step three is important to do after you do step one, because in your portfolio, you're going to use your portfolio in order to see what your branding should be. Um, so you want to ask yourself, what colors do I see in my images? What, um, what's the vibe of my images? Like, is everything really candid and authentic? Is everything, um, you know, super bright or is it true to color? Is everything earthy? Like really look at your portfolio and ask yourself, what do I see? And from there you can get your branding. I think it's called a branding kit potentially, but it's basically your fonts, your colors and your logos. So, um, I am not a designer and this is something that potentially I would recommend just splurging on and finding a designer who can give you your fonts, um, help you with creating a logo and give you some colors. I think that's like not the most expensive thing in the world. I would assume it'd be less than a thousand, but also I don't really know because I haven't done that in a really long time. So um, definitely something I would recommend if you are like money's not, not an option right now, can't spend it, go into Canva, pick out three fonts that you like that go together. Maybe look on Pinterest at some like branding kit ideas, pick some colors, like five colors you like, create your logo yourself. And then once you have the money, invest it in getting branded. Because I mean, when I first started, I did not have the money to get branded. And 
I just kind of made my own brand, which wasn't the cutest, but you know, it worked for the time being. So, um, branding is huge in step three. It's not necessarily a step one thing. And honestly, potentially could be skipped over if you want to wait until you have more money, but having something there is going to be key. It doesn't have to be professional. It can be DIY. Um, and another thing, two other things I mentioned colors. If there are specific colors that you want in your branding, make sure that that is also represented in your work. If you really like the color pink, make sure you shoot pink things. Or if you really like beiges and browns, make sure that you somehow incorporate beiges and browns into your work. Um, that's key as well. Just making sure your work matches like the vibe of your branding and along the lines of branding is headshots. This is huge. Every photographer needs good headshots. And it's key to becoming full-time because how are people going to book you consistently if they don't even know what you look like? If you don't even have a photo of you on your website, that's good. So get new headshots. I literally say this all the time, but 2024, this month, set up a branding shoot so you can get headshots or set up a tripod so you can take your own headshots. You don't need a ton. You need literally probably five photos, but get some sort of headshot so that you can up-level your business and become more professional. Step four, after doing all of this, creating your killer portfolio, setting up your backend, getting your branding. Now is the part where we start to see something happen, which is creating an online presence, a killer online presence in a killer online community. Um, this is pretty important for marketing is just being present online. How are people going to hear about you? Okay. You have to ask yourself, how do I want people to hear about me? Now people can hear about you through word of mouth, which is you know, just working with clients and having them refer you to their friends and whatever. That's a great way to market yourself, but I don't feel like I want to rely solely on that. I'm the type of person that wants to do something more than just like hope they refer me to their friends. I want to go and create word of mouth of me online. Like I want to create the online presence. And that's something that I started doing right away in my photography business. I just posted any work that I had. I literally took my personal account, switched it to a photography account and just started posting my work because that's what I'm passionate about. And if people care about me and they wanted to follow me, you know, they care about what I like. So I just started posting my work and posting it super consistently started showing my face, becoming a personality and posting videos and doing stuff like that. And that's how I really started to grow an online presence in an online community. Um, people want to see who you are. They want to know your story. They want to know your personality because that's going to impact whether or not they choose to work with you and choose to book you. So starting by creating a great Instagram feed, this is important because it is everybody's first impression of your work. So make sure your feed is good. Make sure everything is curated how you want it to look. Um, it's, it's their first impression of your ability to take photos. So make sure that it's a good first impression. 
daily engagement on your socials is key for creating a good digital online presence. I did a mentor session yesterday and um, she was just asking about like how I keep people engaged, how like people aren't bored of what I post, like it's never boring. And I literally told her the key is one, alternating my content and not always posting the same thing. And two, always having content to consume and engaging daily with my audience, just offering opportunities for them to engage with me, whether that's via a question box or poll, or I'm replying to comments, I'm DMing, um, you know, daily engagement is going to be huge for creating an online presence and also being consistency w- consistent with it. That's the one thing that I've learned that a lot of people are not willing to do is be consistent. And that is the key to creating a successful online presence and marketing yourself is being consistent with it. When I wasn't even a photographer, I was following photographers because they were consistent. Like, because I was just constantly seeing what they were doing. That's kind of like the key, right? Like the reason we follow people is because we always have something to consume of them, of theirs. Like a video is always popping up. They always have a new feed post. It's always interesting. That's what you should be doing. Okay. Consistency is going to help you grow. It's going to help you grow your business. It's going to help you grow your online presence. It's going to help you grow your bookings. I promise. Unique posts. This kind of goes back to the idea of just alternating between what you post do not post the same thing over and over again. It's like that concept of like (laughs) when you post the same thing and expect different results. Like I swear that's what people do. That's what I see all the time when I do mentorships, when I'm just like looking at people that I follow, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, this isn't working. You need to try something else. Um, and you need to keep trying different things until you see what works. So, um, online specifically, you have to be unique. You have to think outside of the box and you have to be consistent with it. Um, always refining your content, always taking note of what performed well, what didn't. And just like going from there is so key. That's what the most successful people online are going to tell you. Like the reason that they grew a platform so big or whatever is because they, saw something that worked and then repeated it. That's literally all it is, is creating, creating a, an equation for yourself. Like this intro plus this length, plus this sound equals success, right? Um, that's kind of the goal with creating an online presence, showing your face online. Um, I know some of you guys might not want to hear that. And I know some of you guys have opposing thoughts, but I'm that I believe that I believe it. (laughs) You, you have to show your face online. Um, and as a business owner, like that's, what's going to take it from I'm a business to I'm a person. And like, I want to work with you specifically as photographers. Like we capture some of the most intimate moments of people's lives and we don't want to just, they don't want to just hire anybody. Okay. They want to know the person that they're hiring. Um, I would say 99% of the time they want to know who are we hiring? The other 1% are price shoppers and just people that don't care. Um, but for the most part, 
photos are so important. So people are going to care about you. So show your face. Okay. Show your face online. And the last part of step four, which is creating a killer online presence and community, you need to have some sort of social media plan. It's different for everyone. A social media posting schedule really is what I mean. It's different for everyone, just kind of based on your schedule, based on your ability to create content. Because, you know, if you're not full time yet, you have another job, you do photography in the evenings, you do photography on the weekends, and you're tired. So I get it. Um, So whatever's feasible for you for showing up online, create that posting schedule. Um, For me, it's really easy to just think, at 12 o'clock, basically every single day from like 11 to one is my little window. I know I have to post something that day and I'll usually spend an hour twice a week. So two hours just creating six videos. And that's when I'm posting for the week and that's what works for me. And that's how I've seen growth. So whatever schedule works for you, do it. Okay. Don't overwork yourself and then get burnout to the point where you're like, I'm never posting again. I don't want you guys to get to the point where you're so over social media that you, you just, you get burnout. Okay. So make sure, make sure your schedule is just like actually something that is attainable for you. Okay. Step one, create a killer portfolio. Step two, set up your backend. Step three, branding. Step four, creating a killer online presence. Step five, create scarcity. This is a really good marketing technique. Um, just showing I'm busy, I'm booked. Scarcity is huge. I mean, I've seen so many people use this strategy and it works really well. Um, so we're kind of at the point in our full-time plan where now we're working on getting the bookings. We have everything set up. Now we need to get our name out there. Now we need to get people to actually like book us, right? We actually need the bookings. Um, so scarcity is really going to help with this. Um, when you're creating scarcity, open up available booking dates. Uh, there's a girl that I follow who does, um, she basically creates a schedule. It's like Tuesdays and Thursdays are days she's going to do sessions. And then, um, you know, three weekends, in one month are open for weddings and she's open about that. And she'll post like, okay, I only have this date and this date available. Like if you want it, reach out. Um, creating scarcity like that really helps people make the move and book you and work with you. Always showing that you're busy too is huge. Even if you're not busy with like client work, you're busy with creating a website. You're busy with doing self portraits. You're busy whatever it is that you're doing, you want to show that you're busy because that does create this scarcity mindset of like this photographer, you know, their, their time is valuable. They're always doing something. So, um, I want to get in that. I want to be a part of their time. Um, so that would be step five is creating scarcity, um, through a few different strategies like that. Um, step six is to build an email list. And this is kind of, is it a little dated? I don't know, but I feel like email lists are so nice because they're a direct line to your customers and people that are interested in working with you. Um, so a few ways that you can create an email list, a very easy way is to create a freebie. Um, if you want to go full time, maybe your freebie is, um, five, five tips 
for what to wear to your session. And from there, you are going to get emails from people who are interested in doing a session and care about what they're wearing. Um, so you want to make sure your freebies target the people that you want their emails. Um, if you want people local to you, you could do like my favorite places to propose in Grand Rapids, Michigan or Miami, Florida. Um, those freebies are going to help you build your email list because in order for them to get the freebie, they have to give you your email, give you that their email. Sorry. Um, so building an email list, I think is super important. Then when you start offering, um, mini sessions, or if you open your 2025 books, or if you're like, I only have five dates left for 2024, that's something that you could email out to people. Um, you could also do some sort of newsletter and just be like, Hey, here's what I've been up to as a photographer. Um, just kind of keeping a community engaged like that. Creating some sort of community really is key with this email list. You want to give people kind of like an insider feel like they're getting an inside look into your business. That's really the main thing that an email list is useful for. Step number seven is making a business that runs itself. So at this point, you know, you're marketing yourself online. Um, we've got all the back end set up. You've got the portfolio. Now we're at the point where time becomes an issue. You're working another job. You know, you don't have a ton of time to do things, um, let alone email people back and whatever. Um, so we're going to make a business that runs itself so that you don't have to worry so much about the little tiny things that you just don't like. Um, so a few ways that you can automate your business, make a business that runs itself. Having email templates just kind of being prepared with, oh, I get asked this question a lot or um, a lot of people um, send this email, so I'm going to send this response or, um, you know, my initial inquiry email template, I'm going to do an email template for like the day before your wedding or the week before your wedding or your gallery delivery email template. You're going to create email templates. So those things you send over and over and over again are just automatic, super easy. We're going to create automations in HoneyBook. I think technically they're called workflows, I think. But basically you can have HoneyBook trigger certain action items when a client completes when something happens in like a client's project, when they pay a retainer, then you can send an email saying, Hey, thanks for paying. You're officially booked. Um, small things like that, that help your business run smoothly and give your clients a great experience at the same time. An automatic, um, outfit guide email that sends, um, three weeks before a session date or something like that. Those are things that you want to work on in your business to make sure you're just spending less time doing things that could be automated. Um, scheduling links for phone calls. That's a great way to automate your business. There's no more back and forth of like, are you free this date? What about this time this day? Just send them a scheduling link, get that set up. Um, maybe automate your editing. Maybe you use AI for calling and editing. If that's something that you struggle with, um, that would be a great thing to start doing. Um, the ways you can automate your business are really up to you. Um, I've just listed a lot of relatively cheap or free options, but I'm, I mean, you could hire a virtual assistant, but I feel like that's, if you're wanting to become full-time, that's usually not like something you do before you're full-time. It's like, I don't know, it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, so 
that would be my step seven for you guys. Um, step eight is to start working on big picture items. So now that you have an automated business, you know, you shoot, you edit, but like you don't have to email, you've got the back end set up, you are marketing yourself, you're probably getting bookings. This is the time where we start working on big picture things. Um, the big picture things that are really going to help grow your business. Maybe you've always wanted to go to a workshop to, or invest in education to help with, you know, um, your skills. Maybe you've always wanted to go to a content day or, um, open a studio. That's kind of crazy, but like, you know what I mean? Start working on the big picture things. Maybe you, feel like you want to switch your style. Maybe you want to try a new preset. Maybe you want to try a new lens. Um, big picture items that are going to help you in the long run in your business. Switching lenses does help your business, just so you know. Like it changes your shooting style. That is going to help your business for sure. So um, start working on those big picture items. That was going to be step eight. And then step nine is evaluating what's working and what's not working and start to make changes. So the key to being full-time is being able to say, this isn't working, the strategy, I'm going to try something else, or I'm putting too much time into this. It's not even like getting me results. So I'm going to, you know, do this instead. Um, the key in this whole process of evaluating is making sure that you are you have the right info to begin with. So um, your contact form, asking people where they hear about you, that's great. And then in HoneyBook, you can see the percentage of people that actually book you based on where they found you. Um, you can look back at your analytics and look at that. But that is important because like, if you don't have your contact form set up to where you're collecting that info in the first place, it's just it's going to be useless. Like this step is going to be really, really hard for you to do. Um, another thing to think about what point in the booking process is broken for me. So a lot of the times in this process of becoming full time, you're like, people aren't booking with me. I don't know what's wrong. You know, I'm maybe I'm getting the inquiries, but like no one's booking with me, or maybe you're just not even getting the inquiries period. You have to look in that client timeline, that client pipeline, that client funnel and ask yourself, where is the problem happening? Um, if you're getting the inquiries, but you're getting ghosted, there is the problem right there is right. That initial email, that step is the problem. If you're hopping on phone calls with people, but then they don't book with you, your problem is the post phone call or during the phone call that's the problem. And there might also be problems leading up to that. Um, so the most successful people that are full-time are able to see their processes and see them from an outsider's perspective and make changes based on logic and based on reason rather than based on emotion. Um, when you get emotionally attached to the things that you're doing and like kind of the logistical side of things in your business, it can be really hard to break away from that. If you get really emotionally attached to a certain email that you send and it's like, okay, that's actually the problem, but like you don't want to, you can't get rid of it because you're so emotionally attached to it. 
you need to make sure you're thinking with logic from like an outsider's perspective and really look at your processes and your client experience from a bird's eye view and look to see where things are going wrong. And then the key to all of this is asking yourself, where can I make improvements? Um, A big thing that I didn't even mention is maybe the thing that needs to be fixed is Instagram. Maybe you're just getting like the same amount of views on everything or like you're getting like no likes on stuff. Where can you make improvements so then you can see a change? Um, So that's kind of a step that honestly is crucial. It's step nine um, in going full time because once you start to fix what's broken, then you're going to get that consistency. Then you're going to get the full-time bookings. Um, Yeah. And then step 10 is evaluating things until you're ready to go full-time. And honestly, that evaluation process doesn't stop once you go full-time. It continues. I'm always looking at things and being like, okay, what can be changed? What can be better? This wasn't super successful. So I'm going to do this instead, or I'm going to make this tweak. Um, so it doesn't just end once you go full time. It's like, once you go full time, it's not rainbows and butterflies and like just the, you're just chilling, relaxing. You have nothing else to do. Like that's when the real work starts, honestly. Um, so when you are ready to go full time, or you're thinking about going full time, a couple of questions to ask yourself. Number one, am I meeting my goals financially in photography or do I think I could meet my goals once I go full time? Like if you're currently working like a full 40 hour a week job and you're like, okay, right now I'm not meeting my financial goals, but I think once I go full time, I can book myself to a point where I could meet my financial goals. That might be a good thing to consider and think about when you're going full time. Um, Maybe a goal you're meeting is your weddings, like the amount of weddings or sessions that you want for that year and you've hit it or you're about to hit it or you think you can if you are able to put a little bit more time into it. That might be something that is indicating, yes, you are ready to go full time. Um, If you find that you don't have enough time for your other job and your photo stuff, if you're like, I just don't have enough time, this is a hard place to be in. Um, it's like either you sacrifice a job and you sacrifice those benefits and the stability and you're like going to risk it on going full time or you risk your photography business sizzling out or things not growing as fast as you'd want them to because you have to cut back on photography time in order to maintain, you know, things at your job. So um, that's something to think about as well if you think you're ready to go full time, a good indication that you're ready is if you feel confident in what you've built and you're like, this is going to succeed. There's nothing broken. Um, I'm booking. It's going great. I think I'm ready to go full time. If you're confident in it, that is a really good indication that you would be ready. Um, that's all I have for the step-by-steps. I'm going to just recap them real quick. Step one create a killer portfolio. Step two is to set up your backend. Step three, branding. Step four is creating a killer online presence and marketing. Step five is creating scarcity within your marketing strategy. Step six is to build an email list and build a community. 
Step seven is to make a business that runs itself. So automating your business. Step eight is working on big picture items that are going to help you go full time. Step nine is evaluating what's working and what's not working, finding those broken things and making changes. And step 10 is evaluate your business until you feel like you are ready to go full time, until you feel confident in what you've built. Um, I think if you are listening to this episode and you're just in a space where you're feeling a lot of uncertainty, maybe a little bit of pressure, I just want to let you know that there is, you don't need to feel that pressure to go full time or not go full time. I know super successful photographers who just do it part time because they like the stability of another job or they like the routine of having another job. And that is literally okay. Full time photography is not for everyone, and entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Remember, it's not just taking photos, editing, and delivering them, there's a whole business you have to run with it. Um, and that's not always like what everyone likes to do. That's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, and that's fine. So that's just a little reminder that I want to send you guys this way. Um, besides that, that is it for the episode today, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope give you a little bit of motivation and some nice steps to go and get some work done this year. Um, if you listen to this episode and then by the end of the year, you're like, yeah, I went full time. This episode really helped let me know. That would be so fun to cheer you on that way. Or if this episode has sparked a little bit of um, motivation in you to start working towards going full-time, also send me a DM and I would love to just root you on, just stay like updated on what you're doing. So yeah, I'm here for you guys. And I really hope you liked today's episode because I loved it. All right. I will see you guys next week with another episode. Until then, see you later. Exposure. With all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her I am so done, need more time developing in my red room It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking it doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand I'm taking you, taking you, taking you Getting a little bit higher With every step I take I'm getting good Getting a little bit better I'm climbing to the top Never gonna stop We're gone.